You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, and I'm your host, Robert Glazer. Join me as I talk to world-class performers about how they build their capacity and reach greater heights in leadership, business, and life, and how you can do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. This is another edition of Weekend Conversations. Each week, I'll take a deeper dive into an article or an interview that I shared during this week, often a Friday forward. And joining me to do this is Mick, co-producer of the Elevate Podcast. How's it going, Mick? It's going well. How are you, Bob? I'm uh, good. A little, little jet lagged, but uh, otherwise, all good. Do you, do you want to tell people where you are, or is it an undisclosed location? Uh, no, I, I, I'm running an event uh, this weekend out in Utah, which is part of the the World Cup uh, Aerial Championship. So um, it's always it's always a combination of travel and then altitude gets you the first day. Oh yeah, I, I bet. So what what are we talking about today? So this week we're going to be talking about uh, the latest Friday Ford, which is called Various Companies. Yeah, so something funny happened when you logged into everyone's favorite platform, LinkedIn, this past Monday morning. What'd you find? I logged in on Monday morning and I had like 20 to 30 direct messages, uh, which never happens. There's usually one to two. So I figured I must have done something terribly wrong or been canceled or uh, offended the gods. And then I saw that they were all congratulating me on my work anniversary. Um, which is this feature that LinkedIn has. And they range from a bunch of different, I didn't realize I had a work anniversary and, and I'll explain why. They range from congrats to congrats and then jumping into some prompt about how's your year going and we should touch base and it sounded like kind of a sales pitch. And then there was like eight or nine that said, congrats on your six years at various companies, exclamation point. And I was like, what, what is going on? Have I been, have I been hacked or something here? And so I, I, I went and looked at it. And when I was setting up LinkedIn profile, I guess, six years ago, I had a bunch of board and advisory and consulting roles. And I sort of just wrapped them together into like one role. And somehow LinkedIn had labeled that various companies. I don't even think I use that language. And so um, they had generated this prompt to people I'm connected to or followers saying that it was my six-year anniversary as various companies. And everyone jumped in to wish me this this happy anniversary, including clicking on this thing. So it, it, it's obvious to me that people didn't even read um, this thing or didn't even read the message that they auto-generated because otherwise you would never want to send that message. And these are you know, loose people in the network, people looking to make connections. Otherwise, like, it just looked really silly <laughs> on their behalf. So, so first of all, now I feel bad because I didn't wish you a happy anniversary. You did not wish me happy anniversary. Dude, various companies is like a big deal. Your decorated uh, career <laughs> at various companies really is worth celebrating. So I guess, do you think, I think there's a couple of angles here. What really got on your your nerve about this? Was it the premise that LinkedIn sets up this type of opportunity for these impersonal things? Was it people who just hit the send button without reading what they were sending? What kind of what prompted this to become a post topic? Yeah, it, it was less of a, a, a nerve and just a surprise that people would be so careless, particularly when they're networking, like. Okay, the congrats, that's one thing. 
But if you saw yourself type the auto generator, click the thing, congrats on your six years at various companies, and then you even looked for one second that you wrote that, you would probably delete it or follow up <laughs> or say something because you know that that looks ridiculous. And so I just, I more thought of it as kind of a microcosm of, you know, everyone's going through these networks, there's auto-generated prompts, there's AI, they're just clicking on things. And then people are wondering why we're so sort of disconnected and disenchanted with, with one another. Um, we're just doing things that are easy and that seemed we could do quickly rather than taking some time to um, actually put some thought into it or some real human personalization. Yeah, so this is a really funny thing that happened with social media. And I think that for a lot of people, their first interaction with this type of tech was Facebook's birthday function, where it's all of a sudden you're getting notified for when everyone's birthday is and everyone is you know counting how many happy birthday posts they get on Facebook. This is, for me, this was like, 2008 to <laughs> yeah. 2011 was Still really going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing that's weird is it kind of, if you think about it for too long, you think, is it really, if someone wishes you a happy birthday, is it the well wishes that count or is it the fact that they thought of you on your own and then they, they took the time to send you a note or call you or something like that? What do you think, what do you think is the source of, positivity in those types of interactions. Does it really do anyone any good to produce an opportunity to automatedly wish people happy birthday, basically? I, I don't think running through the motions. I mean, probably statistically, the person who gets the 100 likes for their birthday or the thing. But when I can tell that someone posted the auto-generated comment, it, it's sort of a net negative for me. I generally, I'm sure I'm guilty of this, but when someone actually gets a new job or a promotion or something, like I will at least take the five seconds, like congrats, Ashley, we're super lucky to have you. Not like congrats on your promotion, Ashley, because you can see all the ones that are the the, the auto-generated. So, I, you know, it, it's, it, it's even just taking that second or, you know, one of the things we talked about in the post, look, social media is actually good at uh i'll give it credit for maybe one or two things like keeping you up to date on what's going on in people's lives maybe stuff you don't want to know like what they're eating but anniversaries birthdays kid gets into college otherwise i i actually think like we'd be much better off using that as a prompt to then maybe not take it offline but then take it to a one-to-one -one thing like hey mick you know saw Saw your son got into Harvard uh, this week. That's awesome. We haven't caught up in a while. Let's grab something. Maybe you'd be embarrassed by that this week. Uh, who knows? But it, it actually seems like an opportunity to, 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 to generally connect with someone and use that as a prompt rather than just kind of sending back all this auto-generated kind of stuff. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time. And it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. 
I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I always like when you use me as an example, but especially when it is something as abstract as my uh, upcoming Harvard education for my fictional side. So yeah, it's, you know, maybe they'll have it squared away by then. Who knows? Yeah. And so it's really funny because, well, first and foremost, I did see a notification about your work anniversary of various companies. <laughs> and I, what's funny is that I don't go on LinkedIn that often. I don't really use it very much, maybe to my detriment. I, I, I don't know. But I do see things where I'll get a notification that says, you know, your connection such and such just got a promotion. Let them know that you're thinking of them. And I'm just sitting there thinking, but I'm not thinking of them. I, I, I was I, like, I am now, but right. And it gives you two auto generated things that you can click on to let you know that they're thinking about them. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate, I appreciate the effort that they're trying to go to, to make it easier for people to stay in contact. But when you put it that way, it's really insincere because I wasn't thinking of the person until I logged into LinkedIn and it told me to think about them. And then all of a sudden it's there, but it, it's, it's sort of, I think that there is a difference between connection and engagement. And I think that there's a really interesting example in here of how a lot of social networks, and it's true for Facebook, for Twitter, for Instagram, for LinkedIn, as you talk about in the piece, there is, I think, a genuine untethering from content that connects people and content that is engaging with other people. And I really think there's a difference in the degree of the personalization and the warmth there. Yeah, look, I, there's, I can't remember where I was. Hopefully I'm not violating someone's confidentiality and telling the story, but, but they were telling us same thing. Like they had each, it was a period of racial, they each had set up, and this was before ChatGPT, sort of like an AI bot to like check in on the other one, like during the day. And I think there were like little AI bots were like responding to each other. And, and most of the room was in dis, and they were like, that's really nice. Cause then, you know, like we're kind of, I'm like, and most of the room was in disbelief being like, I, I don't understand. Like what, what is being accomplished here? Um, with your, with your two AI bots, you're married, like, like talk, talk to each other, but it becomes so easy to do that stuff. But easy is not always good or, or useful or productive. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe like the real people, the AI bots fell in love too. It's, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, this is a really interesting thing where sometimes I feel like technology, it sometimes attempts to make something easier or it tends to make something more convenient for people. But often that does come at a cost, even though it feels like there's no cost, where the connectivity and the strength of the relationship that you're actually cultivating, it's, it's not the type of thing that you can just use the LinkedIn delivered prompts and really have a strong networking relationship with someone. You can't just do the bare minimum of that and expect to have outstanding results. And to the point that you make in the piece, and I want to transition to a different idea here, You've talked a lot about the idea of doing low quality stuff at a high quantity, whether it's networking, whether it's sales outreach. What what do you think is the reason that this is so popular? And why do you think people are not deterred by the lack of results that they get from that? I think maybe confusing inputs and outputs and sort of volume with being productive I, I was asking someone last week because someone was telling me they were having this incredible luck with kind of sales and AI and was with a bunch of sales people. And I said, they said, we've looked at all of this stuff. And actually the problem now is that people are getting hundreds of well manicured messages a day. And so the, they, they found it's actually creating so much noise that the only thing that was working was these reps who were really doing some research and finding an, an angle and doing something personable and maybe spending an hour and doing five of those a day and sending over some you know, we talked about in a Friday forward how we pitched a uh, a person that was really hard to get on the podcast, and we did some research and sent over all the questions. Like, and kind of invested an hour. And look, that might go to waste in some cases, but if you get two or three out of five or out of ten, it's kind of meaningful versus doing something that says, "Look, we get a couple of leads, but we're producing hundreds, if not thousands, of misses and waste on this uh, along the way." And it does ironically seem like maybe in the world of AI and the hundred, you know, hey, Mick, how are you today? Well, I, I thought you might be interested in this message a day that, that when you get something that's actually different or a video of a person or something that stands out and that person maybe spent a couple hours doing two or three of those a day, that they will get a better outcome. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the podcast pitching is a really good example that applies to a lot of the work that we've done. You know, as as you were saying, we have had, we've certainly done the create a templatized message and have minimal personalization, send it to a ton of people and know that even if you hear back from barely any, you're sending it to so many people that it's, it, you'll get a couple of people. But then we've also, and we have really, really gravitated more toward the approach that you just described of spending a lot of time researching the guests and writing potential questions that might interest them that indicate a really deep understanding of their work. And actually, even though you've sent maybe uh, 1% as many of those than the scalable templatized ones, We've definitely booked more guests on the show doing that high quality, low quantity approach. And I think that it's almost a bit of a trap where people feel like if they cast the widest possible net, they will inevitably, even if they have a minimal hit rate, do well. But I think that that's kind of a fallacy. They may actually end up with a 0% hit rate. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. We've seen this a lot, right? We got five of them this week. The other thing, just following up, hey, wanted to follow up. 
right, on the original spammy message, like, that doesn't make anyone more likely to engage with it. Like, again, even in that simple act of following up, I would introduce new piece of information, something different, more of a dialogue that makes someone go back and read. In fact, when someone says just following up, I assume there was a reason I ignored it the first time. Yeah. And, you know, so- sometimes it really... Sometimes it really is something that you just miss and you're interested in. But generally speaking, I know, and you always say to me, you always have to follow up. But generally, that's if you're in a conversation with someone and you've already talked to them and there's been some exchange and then it's hard to get a hold of them, that's the type of thing where following up really might shake loose the outcome you want. But if it's you've sent 10 emails to someone and said, hey, you know, I want a chance for us to get on a call, it's just not. It's not effective. And and there's a really, really good um, there's a really good post that I read once that really resonated with me that I can't get over the number of emails I've gotten that are, hey, just want to make sure you remember our call that we scheduled. And I've never had a call with this person and they're trying to trick me into this. Yeah. And <laughs> say, oh, I must have like it must have fallen off my calendar. I have to reschedule with this gentleman. And the alternative to that, and I've said this to you plenty of times in what I get frustrated with sales emails is just tell me what you're selling me. Just tell me what it does. Tell me what it costs. If it's a fit for what we do, then I'm probably going to give you 30 minutes on a call. But if you just reach out and say, hey, I love the work you're doing, would love to see what my like thing can do for you. It's just the bar is too high. Like my time isn't the most valuable time in the world, but I still don't want to give away 30 minutes on something that might be useless. Yeah. I I have a rule, you know, we're getting a little off track, but I I have a rule I've learned over the years through a lot of failure is that I don't get on the phone with someone until I know what they actually want because, or, or I don't go to breakfast with them or whatever, because sometimes, you know what, they just want an introduction to Sarah. Um, and so they, we should catch up or otherwise And this, I don't, and I don't know, really know them that well. And I don't know their angle. And if you want an introduction for Sarah, we don't need that breakfast for an hour to get to that ask. Like, just ask me for an introduction to Sarah. I'd, ra- I'd rather do that for a minute. So I, yeah, I, I think just being more direct, being authentic, getting away from this stuff that's just easy and doesn't mean anything to anyone. Like wish happy birthday with a card or a note or an email or a personalized text to like the 10 people that really matter this year, not the hundred people on Facebook who are competing for the most likes on, on their birthday. Right. And use social media as a prompt to reach out and realize you yeah, haven't connected with someone in a while. Like, like say something meaningful to them. The amount of people who just jumped into whatever that prompt was and then went into their general selling message to me, what's on your agenda for, you know, 2024. It, it's just, yeah, it's like, I, first, I just disconnect from all those people like right away because now I'm like, I'm not sure how you're connected to me, but this is not the type of relationship I'm looking for. Hey, Elevate listeners, whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers, with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites 
is that they already know who I am and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com elevate. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Did anyone in their message to you say, I'd love to know, or I'd love to talk to you about how I can help various companies with my AI enabled <laughs> startup tool? No, they didn't, but I, st- I still can't believe that no one tried to delete it or amend it or like make a joke out of it after they realized what it actually typed, which showed them that they didn't even look at the message that they sent, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, or or they just did and instantly melted into embarrassment <laughs> and just just unfollowed you. Right. They, they thought I have can't to... have another. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think I think that the 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 sort of sales element that we just talked about. I mean, I do think that it's a little bit off track, but it is related because what I can't really figure out is. Do you think that this is something where these types of platforms make it really easy and common to engage in this way because they realize that that is what people want to do? Or do you think it's the type of thing where using this technology has made people become increasingly impersonal in their interactions outside of it? Like has the technology- You are asking the proverbial chicken or egg question. Yeah, I mean, but that's- (laughs) I'm curious, do, do you think that there is an answer to, to what came first? No, I think, it's a, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think there are a lot of people who just believe that volume is productivity, right? That more is more and growth is more. And uh, I, I think for a while, maybe that was true. Like, and, and I think during kind of very frothy, you know, sloppy times, like that, that's often the case. But when you get into times when people don't have budgets and don't have a lot of time and resources are limited, I think those approaches are less effective than than ever. Yeah. And to the point that you made earlier, I think that AI is going to lead to an explosion in this type of stuff. And it's going to become easier and it's going to become better. And I do wonder what you think to the point that you were talking about when you were talking to someone who was sharing their various sales tactics that their team uses. What do you think is kind of the lane that people can carve out in response to the increasing prominence of these types of tactics? Yeah, do something that's inherently not scalable, <laughs> right? Do something that's hard. You know, I, I think too many startups focus on scale when they do something not scalable, win at it, and then worrying about scale. Scale is a very overused and kind of misunderstood word. It's applied to, to, to too many situations. But that's how you beat against, a, you know, a CPU that you can't kind of out out muscle. Um, you know, use that human creativity, use that 
you know, connection and, you know, try to be, try to be different and just understand again, because you can do something, think about, think about the other person, think about the customer, think about the person sitting there who gets a hundred of these emails a day. And like, what is going to make number 101 do something for them? Yeah, exactly. And I think that people need to be honest with themselves about how there's a real trade-off between breadth and depth. And the person who has 20,000 friends on Facebook, I don't know if that's possible, but they may not have a large number of really deep relationships with people. The person that sends a thousand spam emails a day, they may not be capable of really putting the attention and the depth into writing something more captivating. And, you know, there is, I think, an inevitable erosion, as you talked about in the piece, in the depth of our connections and our ability to connect with people when we fall into these types of low quality at scale traps. Exactly. Like do, 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 do something more meaningful and something that matters. And again, I think if you were to think about whether it's sales or relationships or otherwise, like I would think more about what are the two to three things I could do today that could make a meaningful difference. Right. And, and, and they might take some time and they might take some thought, but, but I would, I would think of it that way. Yeah. And I mean, I really like what you talked about in the piece of use the automated prompt as a prompt to <laughs> reach out in a different and a more personal way. I mean, it's it sounds obvious, but I think it really makes a difference for people. Yeah. And 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 I, there is this paradox going on today where it's people, they, they see they want more control and independence and work from home and leave me alone. But they are all the stats are that they are lonelier and ever and more frustrated ever. And they're just not drawing the line. There's just so much data on how much the quality of relationships, not the quantity. Most people who have four or five really good, really healthy relationships ha- ha- just have higher satisfaction, higher mental health, kind of higher everything. I think part of the problem is people think they had, and, th- and when you actually need those people, they're there, right? I think the problem for a lot of people is they have this, hollow view of, oh, I have these hundred likes or these 300 likes, but then something actually happens and they actually, and, and none of those people are actually there and are looking for something real or a real connection. And so then that, that's what creates a lot of loneliness because you have this false signal of this community that doesn't really exist for you. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a pursuit of the dopamine hit of more likes, more friends, et cetera. And yeah. I think that there is a lack of understanding of the trade-off that comes with that because it's not obvious and it's often not obvious until it's too late. Yeah. And, and, and um, yeah, I, I, I think well said. And, and look, not, nothing worth doing is easy. Uh, I, I think that's, the, that's usually the moral of the story. That could be the tagline of Friday Forward. So six years of various companies, what are you going to do to top yourself for year seven? Or are you just going to hang it up, say goodbye to various companies? Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm prepared maybe for the anniversary uh, or have a, have a, a better uh, pre-formulated response to respond to people next year. Um, Maybe I'll say thank you, insert first name for your thoughtful um, reply to my insert anniversary year name and I'll reply and I'll reply that way and at least we'll get some some laughs out of it. 
Yeah, that could be probably not a business, but at least a good gag is sarcastic form form emails. I have gotten that sales approach where it says "dear first name" and you're about to delete it, and then underneath it says "I'm just kidding." Like humor works, um, but yeah. you, you might get cut off before you have a chance for people to realize that's funny. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. So the quote of the week, and I think it's pretty clear why you chose this one, but. It's from an artist named JR. The more social media we have, the more we think we're connecting, yet we are really disconnecting from each other. Why'd you pick that? Yeah, it's a little bit what we were just talking about. I I think a lot of social media is this illusion of connection. It's this illusion of friendship, you know, friending. um, And and it feels like it's there unless it's it's pushed or it's tenuous or again, you actually need it. And then you realize it's kind of a mirage. And so the more we superficially engage with people and that, and we spend our time doing that, the the less we probably engage with people in depth level. And so I thought, I thought that was just very well said. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you want to take us home? Thanks for joining everyone. Uh, if you want to check out the post we were just talking about, go to robertglazer.substack.com and look for the post titled Various Companies. Uh, Look out for future edition of Weekend Conversations. They'll be in your feed each Saturday morning. And if you haven't subscribed to the show, follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app today so you don't miss any of the new episodes and we have some really great ones coming up. Until next time, keep elevating. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.